Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Fellow Helpers Ministries, bringing you another podcast from the Pastor Study, Biblical Lessons in the Battlefield of Life from a retired pastor of 45 years who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It's my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over my years of living as a Christian and serving as a pastor. These podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for further personal Bible study. They'll be short, 20 to 30 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. If you have any questions, you can contact me by email, masitofhm at gmail.com, M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M at gmail.com. The title of our Bible study today is Finding That Which Is Lost from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Our passage is an excellent example of the Lord Jesus Christ using everyday events, a lost lamb and a lost coin, to teach a very valuable spiritual lesson. What is that lesson? Well, let's take a look. First of all, I want to read with you Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Then knew, excuse me, Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise, verse 7, Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either, what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, verse 10, I say unto you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we come to your word now to understand why our Lord Jesus Christ shared these parables And Father, we seek the power and the strength and the wisdom that can be given by the Holy Spirit to open up our minds and our hearts to the truth that is here. So help us as we study. May we be attentive and may we be appreciative and may we help our spiritual life through this time we spend together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we take a look at our subject today, finding that which was lost, we're only looking at the first 10 verses of Luke chapter 15. We're noting that this is a parable. You'll see in verse 3 it says, And he spake this parable unto them. Parables were wonderful teaching tools of the Lord Jesus Christ, where he could take everyday events and illustrate spiritual truths. Even the children could understand what he'd be teaching. Everyone understood what it was to lose a lamb and how important it was to find it, or to lose a coin, and how important it was to find it. And actually, as we come to this passage of Scripture, I'm sure many of your minds are already thinking about the lost son, or the prodigal son. And certainly, that is a very important passage of Scripture in this 15th chapter. But what we want to look at today are these first 10 verses, 
which I believe are like a springboard so that we can understand even better the parable of the lost son. It's a springboard because the lost lamb and the lost coin are the way the Lord Jesus Christ introduces the passage about the lost son. Also, I'd like for us to note as we study this, uh, this day that they emphasize some points that are very important for us to remember as we seek to reach lost sinners for Christ today. So we see that as we take a look at these first 10 verses that are sometimes just lightly covered, as we examine them together, I believe we're going to learn why the Lord used them as a springboard in talking about the lost son. Now, before we begin with a simple outline, we're going to actually take a look at the setting. And the setting for these parables is given to us in chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Here's what we read. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. The first thing we note in the setting is this. Publicans and sinners draw near to hear. That's a beautiful passage of scripture, isn't it? Publicans were the collectors of the Roman revenue. Uh, sinners were the harlots and the heathen of that day. And these unrepentant people without God in their life actually come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it tells us in verse 1, to hear him. Their talk was shrewd. Their dress was lewd. Their actions were very crude. And yet this unsaved group of people come to hear the Lord Jesus Christ and the message he has to share. The second thing we note is in verse 2, the Pharisees and scribes drawing back with flack. The Pharisees were the Jewish uh, sect of people who prided themselves in their religious apparel and religious uh, appearance. And the idea of the scribes were those who were the keeper of the public records and the, and the translators of God's word or the copiers of God's word. They were the religious people. And you'll notice that these religious people, Pharisees and scribes, they draw back with flack. And where do I get that from? Verse 2 and the word murmured. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. If we were to look on the crowd that gathered together to hear Jesus teach this day, we would look at verse 1 and say, wow, these people are not godly people. They're not uh, religious people. Uh, they're just sinners and publicans. And we would take a look at verse 2 and we'd say, oh, look at those wonderful Pharisees and scribes and how religious they are. Their talk is religious and their dress is righteous and their actions are always in the right place at the right time. What a contrast to the verse 1. But as we take a look at these verses, we recognize this. The most religious-looking people may not be right with God. The most religious-looking people may not be right with God. The most religious-looking people in our text are chapter 15, verse 2, the Pharisees and the scribes, but they weren't right with God. And yet we notice, secondly, the most rebellious-looking people may be ripe for God. What do I mean by rebellious-looking people? Well, verse 1, the publicans and the sinners, they were fruit ready to be picked in the harvest field. They came near to hear, where the Pharisees and scribes came near to murmur. When I was studying this passage, Matthew Henry made an observation. It's not a 100% observation, but it's a good one. And it says this, often the worst people were prior to conversion, the more glory to God after conversion. 
The worse people were prior to conversion, the more glory to God after conversion. And certainly these publicans and sinners, if they received Christ's message and were saved, brought great glory to him. But the religious people, the Pharisees and scribes, just walking around murmuring and complaining, uh, they did not bring glory to him. Now, I want us to note three things, and all three of these things are on key words that are used in these 10 verses. And the first thing we want to do is this. Let us note together the emphasis on the word lost. Do you see that? You'll see it in verse 4, where it says, for example, in the middle of that verse, and go after that which is lost till he findeth it. You'll notice in verse 6 the same thing. If you were to look down there at the last part of that verse, it says, my sheep which was lost. You'll notice in chapter 15, verse 8, we find that word again. It says, either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one. And then you'll also notice in verse 9, it's found again at the end of that verse where it says, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Now, what is the idea of something that's lost? Well, something that's lost is something that you cannot find. You're unable to find it. Uh, you're not knowing where it is. And as a result, you can't use it, and it's no profit to you. In fact, when we take a look at this, we can make a little parallel and say, the lost lamb had value to the shepherd, but no worth to the shepherd. May it, let's say, for example, using today's terms, that the shepherd paid $100 for that lost lamb. But now the lamb was lost and it wasn't worth $100 to the shepherd. If he were to go to the bank and say, I need to buy borrow $100 and I want to use my lamb as collateral, that wouldn't work, would it? Because there's no worth, he's lost. The same thing was in regard to the coin. The lost coin had value, and the woman, uh, but the but to the woman there was no worth to her because it was lost. In order for them to have worth, they needed to be found. Even though they'd been paid for, they needed to be found so they could be put into service. Well, you'll notice the parallel here: the lost sinner has value to God, but no worth to God. What do I mean by that? Well, look at the price that was paid for the person who was lost. Jesus Christ shed his blood for that person. If I were to read just a summary of this that's taught throughout the New Testament, it would be Acts chapter 20, verse 28, where it says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves, Acts 20, 28, and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So there's been a high price paid for sinners to be saved. It's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's value there. But worth comes when that sinner acknowledges the Lord Jesus Christ and receives him as their Savior. And that would be a question that I would have for you right at this part of our lesson today. Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, or are you still lost? There's value. Jesus Christ died for you, but the worth comes when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The second thing we want to look at, beside the word lost, is the word find. Let's note together the emphasis on the word find. You'll find it in chapter 15 and verse 4, where it says at the end of that verse, until he find it. You'll find it in chapter 15, verse 5, and when he hath found it. 
In chapter 15, verse 6, do you see it? The end of the verse. Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. The same thing applies in regard to the coin. Chapter 15, verse 8 says, it says um, this, the end of the verse, that she swept the house and seek diligently till she find it. And then also in verse 9, we see it twice. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Now, what is the idea of the word find? Well, the idea of the word find is to, to, uh, to search for and to locate again what you lost. It's the idea that something is missing and you are going to diligently look for it till you find it. You see, that word diligently is used, isn't it? You'll notice that with the woman when it says in verse 8, she seeketh diligently till she find it. So we can make this application here. The shepherd searched diligently to find the lost sheep. Now, that was a dangerous task, verses 4 and 5. He would have to go out into the wilderness at night when it was dark. There would be prey out there that would be looking for sheep to eat for their dinner. Uh, there would be uh, dangers that he would fall into a ravine or break an ankle on a rock. Uh, but yet, he would diligently look for that lamb, and that means there would be a steady, earnest, energetic, energetic, painstaking effort to find that lost lamb. And the shepherd was willing to do that because the lamb had what? The lamb had value to him, and it was worth it to him to find that lamb. You'll notice the woman did the same thing. That woman diligently searched for her coin. She would light a candle so she'd have plenty of light, sweep the house, go into every crack and corner, and seek diligently with a steady, earnest, energetic, painstaking effort to find that coin because it had value to her and it needed to have worth to her to be in her own hands to be able to use. Now, the parallel here is very clear, isn't it? The Savior searches diligently to find the lost sinner. You see the parallel in verse 7? I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. And verse 10, likewise I say unto you there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now remember the setting that we had back in verses 1 and 2? Publicans and sinners came forth to hear. Pharisees and scribes drew back with flack. They murmured. They didn't see their need. They thought they were righteous, but their righteousness was self-righteousness. They weren't ready to repent. They didn't think they had anything to repent of. They thought, well, we're religious, so we're right with God. But being religious doesn't make one right with God. But the Lord Jesus Christ uses these two springboard parables to share the fact that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. If you take your Bibles and go over just a few pages to Luke chapter 19, verse 10, you'll see that said to us, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, the Lord is diligently seeking the sinner to give them the opportunity to apply Christ's shed blood and have forgiveness of their sin. 
I remember hearing a testimony years ago of a very faithful worker at the Wilds Christian Camp. Uh, He's been there for years. I don't even want to guess how long. I would say probably about 25. And when he shared his testimony, he said, when I was growing up, I got in with the wrong crowd. And one night I was on the floor at a party, bombed out of my mind, when all of a sudden the Spirit of God got a hold of my heart and I realized I needed to repent and trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. He did so and has been in ministry all those years. John Newton, that I'm sure you're familiar with, the writer of Amazing Grace, he was in the pit of slave trade when he came to recognize his need as a sinner to trust Christ as Savior. An airborne ranger in Vietnam on a trail after being booby-trapped comes back to the States recognizing he's a sinner and needs Christ as a Savior. That's in my testimony, uh, podcast number one. I remember one of the classic illustrations of the Lord seeking to save, and that was a police officer that I heard on Unshackled. He actually was a police officer, and he'd made a mess of his life. His marriage was in ruins. He was in financial ruins. Everything was going wrong. And he took his service revolver and a radio, and he went out to his backyard and sat at a picnic table, and he determined to turn that radio up loud enough to hide the sound of the gunshot where he was going to take his life. And you know what he did? When he turned up that radio, it was to the program Unshackled. And he heard a man tell the story about how he was lost, hopeless, in ruin, and came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. That man ended up dropping his revolver and getting on his knees and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. I could give you illustration after illustration after illustration of that. And the truth of the matter is that the Lord Jesus Christ is seeking to save that which is lost. He's seeking to find that which was lost. And I'll tell you, sinners coming to repentance is far more valuable than a lost lamb and far more valuable than a lost coin. But I want you to notice a third thing, which I find very encouraging for us today. And that is, let us note together the emphasis on the word rejoice. Do you see that? Chapter 15 of our passage again, reading down through it, coming to verse 5, and when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And verse 6 says this at the end of the verse, and he brought together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Then in verse 7, he said, Likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Chapter 15, verse 9, emphasis on joy, again to the verse, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. And then, of course, in verse 10, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Yes, that is true. The word joy means this, a feeling to show that you're very happy, a feeling of great happiness. And there's no question the shepherd was happy and had joy when he found his lost lamb, verse 6. And the woman was happy and had joy when she found her lost coin, in verse 9. But the Lord Jesus Christ is ever so happy, along with, as it said, verse 10, the angels in heaven, when a lost sinner comes to the place of trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. So we see, here we find the publicans and sinners come together to hear The Pharisees and scribes come together to give flack, 
But Jesus opens up these two springboard parables, and both of these parables are teaching Jesus Christ is seeking to save that which is lost. And at any moment, any sinner, at any moment, any publican, at any moment, any unbeliever, at any moment, any false religious person without Christ can come to the place of accepting him and rejoice evermore. Now, as we close out this lesson, there is actually a fourth word that I want to point out to you that's repeated throughout the verses. Maybe you already noticed it. But in our conclusion, we want to note in verse 4 of chapter 15, the word one. You'll notice it says here, what man of you having a hundred sheep if he lose one of them? Notice in chapter 15, verse 8, where it says this, lose one piece of that silver. You'll notice in chapter 15, verse 7, and you'll also notice in verse 9, shall be in heaven over one sinner, verse 7, and then also then in verse uh, 10, it says, likewise, I say unto you, there's joy in heaven in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Yes, just one. One sinner is important to God. And the emphasis here is on one. It's not talking about a mass crusade. It's not talking about a mass invitation being responded to. The Lord is giving these springboard parables to say, I am interested in one person at a time. And I want to reach them. I want to save them. I want my blood to be applied to them so that they can have value and worth. You know, this passage of scripture comes to my mind with something my son experienced just recently. It was last week, actually. The hurricane was coming through Louisiana, and he and some men went over from Texas to help with it. They went over on Friday, and the hurricane was supposed to hit that night or the next day, and they met with some clients in Lafayette, Louisiana. In the process, he has this little dog, cute as can be, called Armando. I don't remember the breed because I'm not really into dogs like that, but he'll just fit in your hand. He's just the cutest thing, and he's the quietest thing, too. Very well behaved. Phillip's had him for about 10 years. It's like his son. And at the uh, construction site where they were at, as they were talking to the clients, he let the dog out to do his business. When they got ready to go, they were very involved with all the talk and all the activity that was taking place, and they got in the truck and drove two hours away. <clears throat> when they got to their destination two hours away, he recognized Armando was not in the truck. And I'm telling you, folks, if you want an illustration of something that was lost that needed to be found to bring rejoicing, little Armando was it. I'm telling you that they got in that truck and drove back, but it was dark and they couldn't find him. Uh, they had contact with people. They would tell people and they would involve more people. I think literally there were probably hundreds of people by the end of all this that were looking for him. He went back Friday night, as I mentioned. He went back Saturday after the hurricane. He went back Sunday. He ended up going back Monday and Armando was found. He actually survived a hurricane, that little character. And uh, boy, I don't even think Philip needed to call when he found him. I think we heard the shout all the way from Louisiana when he found him. And you know, I thought to myself, how can we be so concerned about one dog? And rightfully so, he's a sweetheart of a dog. And yet are we that concerned about one sinner that needs to come to Christ? So we as Christians have the message of salvation 
And the way the Lord seeks and saves people is through us as human instruments. We're the ones that tell them the gospel and give them the opportunity to receive it and be saved. And when they are saved, as you well know, you can rejoice with them. How happy a day that is. And you know, as I'm teaching this lesson today, I have to ask this question. Maybe you're the one. You know, it's interesting that the radio like this or on the podcast like this, I, I can't see any faces. I don't know if I'm talking to Christians or non-Christians. I'm not sure if I'm talking to uh, public and the sinners or talking to Pharisees and scribes. I don't know that. God knows. And he's having you listen to this podcast today. And if you're a Christian, it's to stir your heart up. How thankful you are that you were lost and you were found and you rejoice in your salvation all the way into eternity. That's wonderful. And how thankful you are as a Christian that you have the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to share with other people who are lost and hopeless and sinners and bring them to salvation in Jesus Christ. But the most important thing is, maybe you're that one today. Maybe you're that one that the Lord wants to save today. And he's reaching out to you with this message saying, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And you're lost, and I want to save you. Just as that policeman bowed his knee and received the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior at that picnic table, you can bow your knee now and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior too. This has been from the Pastor Study with Pastor Marty Macedo. You may email me at macitofhm at gmail.com, M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M at gmail.com. Lord willing, we'll post another episode next week. But do remember, are you that one God has been diligently seeking today? Will you be found? If so, we'll all rejoice. Thank you for listening and have a great day.